Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Hello and welcome to Tennis Podcast. I am your host, Nickelodeon Amel. Today I'm joined by my sidekick host, the insufferable Dr. Buster. I think he was more of a WB cartoons kid or something. <laughs> w- Buster, B. tell the folks at home. I'm who more the hell of a you Cartoon are. Network kind of guy. Courage the Cowardly Kid or Johnny Bravo? <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Dog. Wait, what did I ah, say? Rough. What did I say? You said kid. Okay, we need to start over. Courage the Cowardly Dog. No, I know that you're not going to allow me to start over because every time I beg you to take something out that I say that's embarrassing, you keep that shit in, so. I think I not only keep it in, but I boost the volume <laughs> on that you part of it. <laughs> you're like, let's go back and you replay it three times in a row <laughs> every time I mistake. I would never do that because we, we don't have enough time in the day <laughs> right. to get through an episode if we spent all that time on your mistakes. Six hour long episodes. Yeah. But hey, everybody would start to get on Spotify and rate this podcast five stars because there's just something about it. Something about that much time with Dr. Buster. They really... Whoa. Okay. Wow. They really start to think, I do like this show. I've been hot and cold on it for a few years, but now, now I like... A few years, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When we record, we do usually do good six, seven hour session and I edit them down, edit all the mistakes out till we get good hour, hour and a half. Well, what we just get rid of in all the editing is just you griping about your everyday (laughs) inconveniences. Like the airport? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, speaking of the airport, not really. This is a show about top tennis lists where me or my sidekick host, as annoying and unprofessional as they may sometimes be, try to guess the other's top tennis list without knowing that list ahead of time. Now, it's me when you talk about Alex and he's not here to defend himself. So, I can't condone that. Alex, I just finished editing an episode with Alex that the listeners would have heard long ago by now, and I think it turned out pretty good. It's about the Earth's water. As opposed to Mars's water? Sorry, like the Earth's bodies of water, largest bodies of water. Mm. There was not fewer than 10 references to the large size of Dr. Buster's ass (laughs) in that episode. (laughs) Well, there's no water to be found there, so... (laughs) No, there's a profuse amount of sweat and water to be found on the surface of Dr. Buster's ass. more of a gas giant like Jupiter or Saturn. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, listen, today I gave you a little hint-ski-roo, hint-ski-poo about what we're going to be talking about right at the top. What did I sing at the start of the episode? You sang a little bit about Nickelodeon. You know, it, it led me to think, has anyone ever used that for a nickname for you? Called you Nick Elodian? No, no one's ever thought of that. No one's ever made the connection between Nick and Nickelodeon. No one ever sang the Nickelodeon theme song to me ad nauseum throughout elementary school. No. Well, see, you know, we've been friends for a very long time and to do that very thing has never crossed my mind. So, that was a legitimate question. It's interesting that you think we've been friends for a long time. I <laughs> wouldn't categorize it that way. But I did, you know, the Nickelodeon thing... Nickelodeon was huge around the time we were in elementary school. So, yes, people made the Nickelodeon reference. It wasn't that big of a leap for them to get there. However, someone did one time say something that I still remember. And they said that I should name my, <laughs> I should name my kid Nick Jr. And I thought that was fucking funny. Oh, yeah. That is funny. <laughs> no, it's not. Shut the fuck up. Okay. So, is that what you named your child or what? <laughs> no. Buster, you were more of a Cartoon Network kid. Wait, I wait, 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 wait. I'm remembering now that Nick Jr. was early in the mornings when we were growing up and it was for yes. like real little kids. 
Yes. So are they suggesting that, that mainline Nickelodeon programming was just too wild for most children? Yes. That's strange. Nick Jr. was more of like preschool age shows. Shows that helped kids with learning words and shapes and colors. Oh, right? so stuff that you would like. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the stuff that I DVR, DVRing right now, I'm going to spend my Sunday night doing that. And Nickelodeon is for, you know. Heathens. The Y7 and older crowd. Yeah. Buster, did you, I know, I know Nickelodeon wasn't Cartoon Network, but did you still watch Nickelodeon some? I did. Absolutely. Okay. Good. You're going to need that. You're going to need to go back into the reserves of your nostalgia today because today we're talking about the most popular Nickelodeon shows of all time. All right. So we got the top 10-ish Nickelodeon shows of all time. Rated or based on what? Good question. My preference on lists like this is to do hard numbers like viewers or ratings, things like that. Could not find that. So I went with popular vote. The website ranker had a list of every Nickelodeon show that's ever, every Nickelodeon original show that's ever been on the network and people voted. So 200,000 votes cast from around the world. Each voter was asked, what is the best Nickelodeon original series of all time? We can barely get people to go to the polls to vote for a presidential (laughs) or a local election, but 200,000 people got together and voted on their favorite (laughs) cartoon show. Nickelodeon cartoon. But it's not just cartoons, by the way. Nickelodeon shows. Okay, that's a good hint. So 200,000 votes for this around the world. What is the best show? So this is the top 10 of that. This list is as of July 2022, so it's very fresh. Let me tell you a little bit about Nickelodeon first. Nickelodeon, often shortened to Nick, is an American pay TV channel which launched in 1979. Did you know that? No. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess I, I would have thought maybe late 80s, but that's just me being born in 90. It's my ignorance. Well, that's not the only reason you're ignorant, but yes, <laughs> okay. one, of, one of several reasons you're ignorant yeah. is that you were born in the 90s. It was the first cable ch- channel specifically for children. Oh. So, it's before Cartoon Network, it's before Disney, it's before PBS, kids, or any of that other shit. Nickelodeon was first. It's owned by Paramount. Throughout its history, Nickelodeon has introduced sister channels and theme programming blocks such as Nick Jr., Nick at Night, and Teen Nick. You remember Nick at Night? Yeah, it was old people shows, right? Stuff from like the 40s, <laughs> 50s, and 60s. I mean, I guess like Gilligan, uh, Gilligan's Island was on there, mm-hmm. right? I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy Honey was Mooners. on there. They had MASH. Yeah. <laughs> and Teen Nick is where like they put all the porn and shit. <laughs> porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's just porn. As of September 2018, the channel is still available to over 87 million households in the United States. Yeah. Nickelodeon has expanded to include feature films, theme parks, video games, toys, magazines, cruises, (laughs) and more. Hmm. Buster, are you impressed with these hashtag Nick's notes? No, but does Nickelodeon have a streaming service or is that wrapped up in Paramount Plus? It's in Paramount Plus. Okay. Every Nickelodeon show you've ever watched is on Paramount Plus. Got it. Now, uh, to help my guessing, is that probably going to impact the way people ranked these shows? Is a lot of it 90s nostalgia? Are most of these shows going to be older? 90s is heavy on this list. Heavy. Okay. You are familiar. If you haven't watched, you're at least familiar or have heard of every show on this list. Got it. These are shows from our heyday. 
So me and Buster are kids of the 90s. These shows were big during those times, and some of them are still big to this day. There's some early 2000s stuff in there, too. Any kid that was born in America in the 80s or 90s, maybe the early 2000s, will have seen these shows. And, and to our listeners that are not in that age range, you're familiar, you've heard of these shows as well, most of them. And if you haven't, then just unsubscribe. Then just unsubscribe. And in fact, we're going to dump a big old shitload of green slime on you. Bucket of slime. What did you think of the slime? Nickelodeon, one of their big trademarks is <laughs> dumping slime on unsuspecting <laughs> victims. I don't know what more I could have thought of it as an eight-year-old kid. It was like, oh, he got the slime. Do you remember when we were kids, the Kids' Choice Awards? Somewhat. I don't think I ever watched them. Rosie O'Donnell, listener of the show. Mm-hmm. She was always a host for many years of the Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah. That's it. That happened. That's a thing. Would they dump slime on the winner of the award? So actually people are very much dreading winning the category because they know they're about to get slimed on in front of everybody. Bro, every celebrity, including a lot of A-list celebrities that attended this goddamn kids award show were fucking dreading it from the word go. None of them <laughs> want to be there, right? Like I remember they had an award for like best burp in a movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like... Imagine being an actor and many evenings... You really think about what it's going to be like someday to obtain an Oscar on the big stage, but instead your first and only award you get to take home is Best Burp. <laughs> At the Kids' Choice Awards. <laughs> and then you get slimed before you walk down off stage. These kids can't even like pick a well-balanced meal and we're expecting them to pick all these important award winners. Now, do you think they actually let children, viewers vote on the winners or was it like... I voted once. I remember voting when I was a kid. Really? It was a paper ballot. I want to say we did it at like McDonald's or something. Like McDonald's partnered with Nickelodeon and you'd write your votes on a ballot and put it in the box. Huh. This is in the 90s. That's kind of genius marketing. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like the system might be a little rigged. <laughs> did we do any recounts on this best burp award? Because I might say that these, these election uh -huh. results are not valid. All this time that Trump and Rudy Giuliani and all these people have been talking about the election being stolen. We all assume they were talking about the presidential election, but really they're talking about the 1999 Best Burp <laughs> Award at the Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah, they're probably pissed because some movie that Trump cameoed in for Nickelodeon didn't win. <laughs> okay, well, Buster, whenever you're ready, give me a guess for a show that's in the top 10 that you think most people voted for as their favorite. How long do I have to prepare to get ready? Are we talking 30 minutes or? Oh, I think we can break for at least a week and we'll, we'll meet back up here same time next week. Got it. But next time we're close, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay, listeners and Nick, I apologize up front. I remember a lot of shows and a lot of this is going to be super obvious in hindsight once I guess them, but it's going to be hard for me to disentangle Disney shows from Cartoon Network from Nickelodeon. So I'm going to make some guesses that are everyone's going to be like, oh, that's not Nickelodeon, you idiot. So just bear with so me. So you're and preemptively I'm really, preparing our listeners for disappointment. Yes. I like to set the expectations low and then positively surprised by the end, hopefully. That's my style. Now, gotcha. I also will do my darndest to avoid number one, hmm. but... These 200,000 people who got on Ranker.com, it might be hard to predict what their favorite show was. Oh, I also forgot to mention, uh, I also pulled notes from IMDb and Wikipedia. 
But number one, you said you're going to avoid it. I think if you thought for a second, what's the most well-known, famous, best Nickelodeon show ever? Mm, That one's actually number one. Still going strong to this day. I'm going to try to start low and guess the sketch comedy show featuring Keenan of Keenan and Kel, all that. It's a weird way to phrase that guess for a number of reasons, but <laughs> because it featured Keenan of Keenan and Kel, but it also featured Kel of Keenan and Kel, who oh, you didn't did it? mention there. Oh, that's where they started. Whoops. And also the show Keenan and Kel couldn't have itself been a guess, which would have been the right guess because Keenan and Kel is in the top 10 and all that is not. Ah, okay. All that, which I, well, I, I disagree with, by the way, all that is in my top 10. For the listeners that might not have watched it, all that was basically a kid's, kid-friendly version of SNL. It was a sketch comedy series. It was sure. pretty good. And it's number 11. Keenan and Kel, though, where do you think it is on the list? Number six. All right. I'm, I'm just pausing real quick. The listeners can laugh at your guess real quick. Hang on. They're probably still laughing. How do you know how long to wait for them to laugh? I just assume they're going to be laughing hysterically for several minutes. Their laughs are occurring in the future. No, no, no. We do the show live in real time. In their ears. In their ears. They're listening, right? As we're talking, it's exiting our mouths, going into a microphone, traveling through the microphone cable, going to the computer, leaving the computer, going out into cyberspace, entering their ears right now. Hmm. Keenan and Kel is not number six. It is number 10. Wow. Keenan and Kel spawning from all that. All that was number 11, Keenan and Kel number 10, keeping it in the neighborhood. Do you remember how the song, the theme song for Keenan and Kel goes? I actually was not a big fan and I never saw Keenan and Kel that much. So I'm sorry. Uh, But they worked at a place called Smash Burger, right? No, that, that was a separate sketch from all that. That became a movie called Good Burger. Good Burger. Home of the Good Burger. May I take your order? Got it. Keenan and Kel, the theme song was performed by Coolio, <laughs> who's actually in the video of the theme, and he goes, You know it's good. Oh, here it goes. And then the beat drops, and we're all fucking shaking our asses to it right now. Keenan and Kel. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna play a sample from the intro right there? Yeah, I think I just might. It ran from 1996 to 2000. Something that I noticed when doing the research for this is all the shows, they're successful shows. They're well known. They're on this list. So people liked them, but they're all like three or four seasons only. Mm. Interesting. So set in Chicago, the series follows mischievous Keenan and his optimistic but dim-witted best friend, Kel, a pair of high school students who go on various misadventures, which usually occur as a result of Keenan devising a scheme to get rich quick or avoid trouble with his elders. Hmm. That doesn't interest Young Buster? No. Do you think the shows were so short in time span because they just assumed that kids' attention spans wouldn't hold? So if I started watching Keenan and Kel when I'm 10, by the time I'm 14, I'm not going to care anymore. And so they're just going to retool and start over? I mean, maybe, but I would think they just replaced the older viewers with young viewers. And also, some of the other shows on this list have gone on for 20-something years. So That's you'd true. think that they would, they would stick with something that works. I'm going to guess that it's also possible Keenan and Kel were getting too old themselves, mm. right? Yeah. So, Kel loves orange soda. Have you heard that? I do, I do, I do. Ooh. Okay. So, you know that. I do know that. Keenan has since gone on to enjoy many years of success on SNL as the world's most boring SNL member. 
He has been a cast member of the sketch comedy series since 2003, making him the longest tenured cast member in the show's history. Well. <laughs> Can you fucking believe that? I mean, I don't watch that SNL, but I know he's on there. And anytime I see like a clip or something, I'm like, eh, he's not that funny. Kel was always the better of the two. Yeah, I agree. And I've not watched a bit of SNL in the last decade, so I have nothing to contribute for that. He's also the first regular cast member that was born after the show's premiere in 1975. Really? Really. Because I feel like several of the current cast members, although I don't know them and I'm admittedly not familiar with them, they seem that they're not that old, not 40. He was the first regular oh, cast first. member. first. Yeah. Yeah, try listening. <laughs> it's a new thing where you listen to words that come out of people's mouths, especially when you're on a podcast where mm. people are taking time out of their day to listen to us, could try listening to your co-host. Sorry, not co-host, host. Sorry, like most listeners, when you're talking, I just kind of tune you out and wait for the next chance of where I can speak. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's you too, okay. Yeah. So, Keenan, that's Keenan on SNL. Kel, meanwhile, the funnier, better of the two, most agree. He has stuck to mostly kids' roles over the years, but he's also converted to Christianity and has become a youth pastor <laughs> at Spirit Food Christian Center in Los Angeles. And that's funny to you? How often do you think people force him to do the orange soda thing and he's in the middle of <laughs> delivering like a Wednesday night sermon? He's in a Wednesday night sermon talking about Jesus being crucified on the cross for our sins, the unbearable pain and torture that Jesus went through so that he could wash us of our sins and people start standing up with their hands up, praising, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Some kid in the back stands up and he says, hey, do the orange soda thing. Do the orange soda bit real quick. Well, I was going to say, and then Kel would finish out that sermon with saying, and then Jesus redeemed us for all of our sins and redemption. I love redemption. I do, I do, I do. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Very good. Semi-good. It's okay. Keenan Kel's number 10. Sir. All right. So I'm ready for another guess. So I'm going to try to whack it on in here at number nine so I can keep marching right up the list. Uh-huh. You will never guess number nine next. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to have to try it's to- It's the one I had not heard of on the list. What about Ah Real Monsters? That was one of my personal favorites, but it is not in the top 15. Not either. even in the top 15. Okay. A Cow and Chicken was Cartoon Network. Yeah. And have you watched Count Chicken lately? <laughs> no, but I remember how gross that show was. <laughs> so many zoomed in <laughs> shots of like hairy asses. <laughs> I remember so many things from that show and being nine. When you're nine, you're a gross, stupid little kid and you'll eat anything up. But even at nine, I was like, this is too much for me. <laughs> but I remember one where, you know, that red devil that was like everything in that show. Yeah. And he's got big, big old swollen booty cheeks. <laughs> Well, he was not the, the tooth fairy, but he was the scab fairy. You're supposed to leave your, your scab under the pillow. And his big ass would fly in on little tiny wings. Anyway, it's Count Chicken. It's not a Nickelodeon show. So, another one that I associate with that, that I do think was actually on Nickelodeon, was the Angry Beavers. Was it like the same creators maybe or something? I don't know. Is that on the list? No. Not oh, in the top 15. Man. I'm swinging away and missing early on here. Well, I enjoyed the cow and chicken sidebar, so that's good. 
But it did come in the wake of a very wrong and stupid guess. <laughs> How many live action shows are left? Quite a few. Uh, let's count, though. Okay, I said quite a few. Actually, only two more live action. <laughs> oh, wow. Who's not paying attention so. now? Give me a hint for one of those. I want to knock out okay. the live action. Okay. I think this one was after... Well, I know this one was after our time. We, this one started when we were in high school, but you still might have heard of it. Is it like Josh and something? Or is that a Disney show? That is one. That's not the one I'm talking about, though. So let's come back to that one. Okay. The one I'm talking about starts with an I, kind of like iPhone. iCarly? Yeah, iCarly. Oh, my God. I hated that. I saw clips of that or like maybe even a whole episode or two. And I was probably 17. And I already thought the next generation was going to hell. <laughs> I have a question. Why the fuck are you watching iCarly? <laughs> 17 when you're... The person I was dating in high school had two younger siblings who watched a lot okay. of TV. And I'd be over at their house and then, you know, you'd intercept the kids' cartoons yeah, yeah. of that time, which I don't think Phineas and Ferb was ever on Nickelodeon, but that was a show that oh. I was exposed to that was after our time that I really, really liked. I have kids now, so I'm exposed to kids' shows all the time. And there are some, including on Nickelodeon, Peppa Pig is like one of my favorite modern day kids' shows. Never watched Phineas and Ferb, though, but I'm also not a jackass. So, <laughs> iCarly is number five, and its original airing was 2007, which is when you would have turned 17, to two, 2012. Okay. This show was big. I, you know, I never watched it, but I, I know, like, the generation that came right after us, this was their jam. The series tells the story of Carly Shay, a teenager who creates her own web show called iCarly with her best friends Sam and Freddie in the apartment loft that she and her older brother Spencer live in. As the web show quickly becomes an internet phenomenon, the characters are tasked with balancing their normal teenage lives with the wacky situations their newfound fame lands them in. Kind of like us on this show. I mean, can we take a moment and pause that if we would ever to be confused why kids want to be influencers or why they're overly obsessed with their image on social media. Wouldn't you just look to shows like iCarly? I mean, that description you just read, that's like what so many kids want to do as a profession on TikTok or Instagram now. That was what iCarly did. She hosted an internet show. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, there's something to that. I mean, I don't want to give off too much boomer energy with that rant, but it's still an interesting observation now that we read the description of iCarly. Well, I, I never watched it, so I can't really speak to it. So iCarly, despite Buster thinking it was shit at age 17 when he encountered it, it was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Children's Program five times, Buster. And not only that, but the January 2010 episode called I Saved Your Life, and it's I Saved, like iCarly, I, I Saved, little I, big ass, Buster shaking his head. I'm not impressed. That episode reached over 11 million viewers, the second most viewed telecast in the entire history of Nickelodeon. Wow. Okay, hold on. Is the first highest yet to be mentioned on the list? Are we going to yeah. get to that? Okay. Yeah. In December 2020, a revival of the series was ordered on Paramount Plus with some of the main cast members returning, and that premiered in 2021. And they're all adults. Now, I haven't watched that, obviously, but I think it's a, not a kid show at this point. It's like a Young adult show? I don't know. The star who plays Carly, Miranda Cosgrove, was the highest paid child actor of 2012. She made $180,000 per episode. 
Holy cripes. So, you know, about half of your salary for appearing as a sidekick host on Tennis Podcast. Right. Yeah. I'm glad she's doing well for herself, but those are pretty small numbers for us tennis sidekick hosts. I always wonder, like these kid actors, because she was, you know, under 18 when she was getting that cheddar. I guess, does the money go directly to them or their parents? Their parents. And their parents have to manage it until they're 18. Yeah. Man. Imagine if your parents just blew all that money after all that hard work. Oh, I'm sure that happens all the time. By the time you're 18, you've got squat left for you. Well, hopefully you've established yourself enough to where you can continue acting after 18. All right, doctor. You didn't tell me what number. I thought I did at six. No, 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 sorry, five. You got five iCarly and 10 Keenan and Kel. There's one more live action and you mentioned it earlier. Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh is number four in the top 10. Number four. I did watch a few of these. I wasn't like a regular watcher. Did you ever watch it? I huffed and I chuckled a few times at Drake and Josh, I will admit. And this came out when we would have been in middle school, 2004. Mm -hmm. And then it ended in 2007. Again, it's only three years. The series follows stepbrothers Drake, played by Drake Bell, and Josh Nichols, played by Josh Peck, as they live together despite opposite personalities. After actors Bell and Peck previously appeared in The Amanda Show, you remember that? Amanda yes. Bynes, The Amanda, Amanda Show? Amanda Bynes, I like yes, which I, <laughs> I hated that show. It was so annoying. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I forgot you don't have good taste. I do remember like the serial advertisements. Those made me laugh, but... Oh, so you did like the show then? When you said you didn't like the show, that was just... Just because you like one aspect doesn't mean you like the whole thing. Kind of like how I like your ass, but not the rest of you. <laughs> sure. You don't like what comes out the other end of my mouth. <laughs> Some people, Nick, can have nuanced opinions. Uh-huh. No. Some of us adults. Right. Some of us adults can have nuanced opinions about turkey eggs. Right. <laughs> okay. Very nuanced. So this show, Drake and Josh, they got their start on The Amanda Show. Kind of like Keenan and Kale got their start on all that. Yeah, you just said that. This is great. Okay, and Miranda Cosgrove, who played Carly and I, Carly, she played the little sister in this show. That's where she got her big break. Oh, wow. So, now your head's spinning with fun facts and trivia. Yeah, it's spinoff after spinoff. By 2006, so this is two years into the show, Drake and Josh ranked consistently among the 10 most watched cable shows of the week on all of cable, kids shows or otherwise. Wow, all cable. All cable. That's impressive. Now, an adult-oriented revival was planned, kind of like the iCarly revival. Okay. <laughs> and yes, porn. I just don't like the phrase, adult-oriented revival. It just seems like it's going to be rated R. Right. And this one, Drake and Josh have a threesome <laughs> with the mom actress or something. <laughs> yeah. It was scrapped, though, due to creative differences. Now, tell me if this is ringing a bell, no pun intended, since we're about to talk about Drake Bell. Since the show, Drake Bell went on to have a semi-successful music career. But in June of 2021, he was arrested in Cleveland, Ohio on charges relating to attempted endangering of children and disseminating matter harmful to juveniles. He was also later accused of sexual assault. Oh. Do you remember all this? No, I don't remember hearing this. The 15-year-old victim who had established a relationship with Drake Bell, he's in his 30s at this point, with several years prior attended his concert in December 2017. The Cleveland police also found that Bell had sent the minor, she's 15, he's 31, He sent her inappropriate social media messages for months leading up to that concert. He pleaded guilty, sentenced to two years of probation, 200 hours of community service, and he's not allowed contact with the victim. 
However, several months later, he posted his version of events. He said that he did not know how young she was and that he ended all ties with her after learning the truth. Now, I don't know the truth in this scenario, but I have to think that sort of thing happens, right? Where a young female celebrity fan and a male celebrity start talking on social media and the male celebrity doesn't know how old. Now, I'm not saying he didn't, did or didn't. I don't know. I'm just saying as a side point. Like, that's something you got to be careful of as a celebrity. I just think when you reach a certain level of notoriety, you don't respond to anything online unless you already yeah. know who they are. You just don't. You don't even look at that inbox. Yeah. No, I think you're right. If they don't have your phone number, you're not communicating with them. I need to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, you do. Because I know that Tinder Spies have got a lot, a lot of devoted groupies who are willing to do just about anything to get access to Nick. I know, and but I got to just... Got to put the DM. I got to close the DMs. You got to stop replying. Coming in too hot. You can't even read them. Tell your mom to stay out of my DMs, Buster. My mom doesn't even know what DM stands for. Janet's a very nice woman and I mean no, no harm. So that, that all happened to Drake, right? So what happened to Josh? He's done some movies and shit. He was in Red Dawn. He has a Disney Plus series, Turner and Hooch. He's kind of always been on the fringe of like being a big star, I feel like. Never quite yeah, made wow. it. He looks so different than when he did when he was a kid. I remember him in that Nickelodeon movie, Snow Day. Yeah, he, w- he was kind of a chubby kid and he played on that in Drake and Josh. And then when he started to, to lose the weight when he was getting older, it upset a lot of fans and, and everyone seemed to dogpile on and everyone had their own opinion about whether he should or should not try to be losing the weight. <laughs> okay. As if it's anyone's fucking... Ab- <laughs> like well, yeah. I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. Well, he's a listener of the show. Thanks for listening, Josh. Yeah, that's right. Patreon subscriber. I support your weight loss journey. Drake, you can unsubscribe and don't worry about how old I am because I won't message you back. All right, give me another guess. It's all cartoons at this point. All cartoons. I thought of one earlier that I hadn't even considered yet, and that would be Jimmy Neutron. I think you must mean The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Okay. Can you clarify? Is that the one you meant? Yes. Okay. Okay. And where do you think it ranks? Eight. Buster, are you a savant? No, I'm the host of this show. Okay. I think it's more likely you're a savant than it is that you're the host of this show. Mm, Okay. Despite what Carl on Reddit might have said. (laughs) (laughs) In one comment that has furiously inflated your ego. Hey, every revolution starts with one small voice. I think that's what Trump said at Save the Steel rallies. (laughs) Okay, well, Buster's not the host of the show. Despite eerily getting number eight correct, right on the money, Jimmy Neutron. Did you watch this one? I did. It was always one of those shows I remember in my childhood memory, not really loving, but I would stick around for it. It's not like I would change the channel, but it was never my favorite. I'd say I'm right there with you. And I remember this was a movie first. And I saw the movie in theaters like a dipshit. So Jimmy Neutron was on TV from 2002 to 2006. It follows an 11-year-old genius from Retroville, Jimmy Neutron, as he goes on adventures with his best friends, Carl and Sheen. It was spawned from a full-length film in 2001 that grossed over $100 million. A spinoff, Planet Sheen, which is about Sheen, aired from 2010 to 2013. And finally, when asked about a reboot, 
uh, in 2020, the creator Rob Paulson stated, I don't think it would be a bad thing at all to reboot Jimmy Neutron. I think that's one of those shows that a lot of people would love to see again. It was very good, really smart. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> like, it was very good. It was very smart. That's... I think everyone would love it if it came back. Okay, it's your show. Like what Trump would say describing a poster of Jimmy Neutron, even though we all <laughs> full well know he doesn't know anything about it. I think it's good. I think it's smart. And I think it's what we need. Bring it back. Now, Buster, I'm sending you a picture here. One thing I'll say, I'm looking at Jimmy Neutron's parents and I'm going to have nightmares tonight because <laughs> I forgot how scary they were. Oh, my God. Well, I'm about, send, I'm about to send you a picture of Jimmy Neutron. And for the listeners, I'll put this in the show notes, a link to this picture. I want you, don't just glance at it and look away. Really look at it. Look into his eyes. This picture of Jimmy Neutron. And I want you to imagine waking up. <laughs> And that hair and that head and those eyes are staring at you in the middle of the night. I don't know, man. I, don't I would like just it. think very quickly. I always thought I had more time. <laughs> <laughs> because I would know that those are my final moments alive. Uh, I don't like it. No, he's very creepy. Yeah. That's Jimmy Neutron number eight. I'd call it a middle of the road show. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with a show that my dad, for some strange reason, my dad loved this show and liked when I watched it. And my next guest is going to be good old Cat Dog. Cat Dog. Cat Dog. Now, I love Alone me some in the cat world dog. with a little cat dog. Cat Dog's number 13. Oh, not even on the top 10. Why did he like it so much? beats me i there's nothing about that show that screams <laughs> anything about my father i don't know why he liked cat dog so random well you got a cat and a dog stuck together by god why bub it's a half cat <laughs> half dog that's stuck together not in the top 10 i know i'm missing some obvious ones i'm not going for football head yet okay yeah save him he's on there but not not the number one if that's what you're thinking no I'm shooting for six, seven, and nine. Well, let's just do it then. You want to do football head? We're here. All right. Show me Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Number six. Hey Arnold. I still get uncomfortable when I think about his grandfather's Adam's apple in his neck. We're going to talk about his grandfather. Hang on to that note. It like freaks me out. Hey Arnold is a personal favorite of mine. Okay. Would you say that of all these shows that we've talked about, Hey Arnold is the one that you hear or see most referenced by like people our age today? Of the five we talked about, yes. Yep. I feel like I hear references like Stoop Kid's gonna leave his stoop, for example. Shit like that. Hey Football Head. Football Head, yeah. Hey Arnold ran from 96 to 2004. Had a good little run. It centers on fourth grader named Arnold who lives with his grandparents in an inner city tenement in Hillwood, Washington. Episodes center on his experiences navigating urban life while dealing with the problems he and his friends encounter. It always surprised me that they were in fourth grade. Well, that's so many depictions of kids. It's never age appropriate for what they would be able to say and do. Because they were like roaming a New York City-like setting by themselves at night and shit. And they were nine years old. I know different times, but like... My kid right. is eight. I cannot imagine her in one no. year. 
Yeah, so uh, it features nine-year-old Arnold and his neighborhood friends, Gerald, a street-smart character who generally serves as the leader of the group, Helga Pataki, a girl who bullies Arnold in order to hide the fact that she is in love with him. Also, Arnold's grandpa, his head is in the shape of a penis. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, really? There, I'll put a link in the show notes. Buster, do a Google image search for Arnold Grandpa Penis. How did I never notice? You, once you see it, you can't unsee it. I mean, I see the balls. Like, his chin is a set of balls, but I don't see his the... His chin is the balls, and, his... and the back of his head is... Oh, now I see. I, I... Yep. I got it. One has the red penis outlined. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Like, it's so obvious when you see it that way. Yeah. God, his grandfather is hideous. <laughs> Jeez, I'm <laughs> looking at that Adam's apple. I can't stand it. <laughs> I didn't know you had a phobia against Adam's apples. Oh, God, just the way it looks with his crooked, thin neck. Oh, it just always <laughs> bugged me. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, but Arnold's head being the shape of a fucking chalupa at Taco Bell, <laughs> that doesn't bug you, but the Adam's apple on the grandpa bugs you. You got it. Okay. Uh, hey Arnold was Nickelodeon's first animated series to actually feature kids voiced by actual children instead of adults. Oh, interesting. I like that. That's my last note. But yeah, Arnold, uh, Hey Arnold was huge in my growing up. I still, you know, I haven't watched an episode of Hey Arnold since I was probably, I don't know, 12 or 13 probably. And I can still vividly remember like full storylines and episodes and like key scenes. and. I remember all their voices. Yep. It's funny how that stuff sticks with you. Yeah. But isn't it funny that, like, I can watch a really critically acclaimed series today that I love, right? Like, uh, like take Mad Men or some other show like that today, right? And I love the show and I'm consuming it. And then once it's over, I have a hard time remembering much about it. But like, hey, Arnold, I can remember like so much about it. But now. I think it's because as you grow up, you go back in your long-term memory and you, when you retrieve it, you, you re-access and you recrystallize that memory every time you access it. So if it's something that was real seminal and influential to you, every time you went back and you thought about it over the ages, you're, you're strengthening that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, what? Were you saying something? And with Mad Men, you haven't had as much time to do that. So, fuck you. Gotcha. Hi, Buster. Buster's and a also, doctor if you didn't know everybody. There's so, there's, so, there's, there's so many things that are happening to you as an adult. For Mad Men to have as profound of an impact on you as a show like Hey Arnold would be to a child, I mean, it's got to move fucking mountains in your life. But yes, uh, Hey Arnold did move mountains in my life, brother. That's right. And speaking of moving mountains, let's go back through the list so far. You got 10 Keenan and Kel. Eight, Jimmy Neutron. Six, Hey Arnold. Five, iCarly. Four, Drake and Josh. I'm getting the old thinking cap out because I'm... I'm going to read you a few shows that might jog your memory, okay? These shows are not in the top ten. All right. Kablam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Prometheus and Bob. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That was kind of a sketch comedy type show, right? It, it was. was. like a bunch of mini shows in one. Yep. As Told by Ginger. Not familiar. Cousin Skeeter. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember Cousin Skeeter? <laughs> yep. Aerial Monsters, Angry Beavers, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Don't know. Busters, what the fuck? Are you afraid of the dark? I did like that show. That one scared the shit out of me as a little kid. Yeah, some of those episodes haunted me for many years. 
It's kind of surprising that that was on Nickelodeon, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. You know, they rebooted it. They have new episodes now on Paramount+. Plus. But some kids like your weird ass love scary stuff from an no, early age. I love scary shit now, but when I was a kid, I did not like scary stuff. Mm. Yeah, well, when they reprise a the show now, if they're trying to get the kids who grew up then, they want to, you know, bring back some of that nostalgia. The episodes now, like, you get a mortgage with a variable rate. <laughs> And that's pretty right. sc- that's pretty scary to me in my 30s yeah. starts at three percent ends up at 10 percent a few years in <laughs> that'll make your ass afraid of the dark <laughs> yeah no lies detected or there's an episode where 20 minutes in because of a car accident they have to get online and it's time to buy a car but they really want a used car and the horror is they see that the used car is more expensive than the new car in 2022 that's also scary. Terrifying. Also might make you afraid of the dark. <laughs> yeah. One hey, might say. We've got a show on our hands. Listen, I think you should, I think you should, we should call our people and pitch it. <laughs> I think we should. Do you remember the show Gullah Gullah Island with that big ass <laughs> yellow frog? <laughs> no, but the name is awesome. Look up Gullah Gullah Island. Listeners refer to the show notes. But there's... This family. Oh my God. Right? What am I looking at? Holy <laughs> shit. I used to watch this. There's this family, and they live with a giant ass human sized yellow frog. Is it kind of like Barney? Like, you know, life lessons yeah. and. Yeah, it's, it's like a Nick Jr. show, I think. But yeah, this frog is, is a like a person in a mascot costume. And I don't know. It just doesn't hold up well today. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay, so Buster did not watch Gullah Gullah Island. How about the wild thornberries? Oh, smashing. Yep, that's actually number 15 on the list. I love the wild thornberries. Well, you didn't love it enough to fucking guess it, apparently. Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, that was going to be one of my guesses, but it's not on the oh, top sure 10. sure it was. Sure. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, we believe you. Talk about a show that's inappropriate and has a lot of stuff hidden yeah. for parents. My God, that yeah. show. Like he worked at a, at a sex line, hotline. Yeah, that show pushed the boundaries for what kids may or may not pick up on. And I watched it a few years ago. It's on some streaming service, Hulu, I think. I think there might have even been new episodes, but because it's kind of become a cult classic today. Yeah. It holds up pretty well, I got to say. Yeah, I watched it probably six, seven years ago, and that's when I thought, like, oh my God, all this stuff was here when I was a kid, and I didn't pick up on any of this. Okay, Uh, so that was number 14. 13 is Cat Dog. 12 is Doug. Mm. Which I thought, Doug, was the lamest shit I've ever seen. I hated that show. What the fuck is wrong with you? Doug was badass. Every time that show came on, I'd change the channel. I thought he was so lame. Doug himself was a lame ass. Yeah. But the show was good. In your imagination, of all the things you could be in the whole planet, you tie a belt around your head and you call yourself Quail Man after a quail? Are we (sighs) kidding? And the underwear is on the outside of his shorts. Next. (laughs) No, Doug was some quality shit. (laughs) Buster shaking his head (laughs) I can't stand a single aspect of this show (laughs) We're we're moving on And then 11 was all that Okay so now Let's get some guesses here 
Yeah, God, I'm... Okay, I'm going to give you a big hint. Babies. Rugrats, duh. Rugrats, duh. Tommy Pickle. Tommy Pickle, did you watch this one? I loved Rugrats, loved okay. it. Okay, again, you wouldn't know it based on your guessing so far, but apparently Buster liked Rugrats. It's number two in the top ten. Wow. And it had a long run as well, 91 to 2004. Rugrats is the one that I think most people listening are screaming at their mm. iPhone for Buster, okay. I guess. Fair Don't point. you think? Fair point. It's like the most obvious one. It is, now that I think about it. The show focuses on a group of toddlers, most prominently Tommy, Chucky, Angelica, and twins Phil and Lil, and their day-to-day lives, usually involving life experiences that become much greater adventures in the imaginations of the main characters. And it's a good thing Doug wasn't one of these babies, because his imagination would not have helped these babies (laughs) through these scenarios. Yeah, the real episode is just these kids soiling their diapers six to seven times a day (laughs) and being fed. I mean, come on. Six to seven times a day and much more, my friend. (laughs) Much more, okay. Buster will soon be a first-time father and he will learn very quickly there is much more. I'll learn the real statistics of that. Challenges in the show often emerge because the babies misinterpret the adults, usually caused by Angelica's deceptive translations. Hmm. The series became a hit, garnering high ratings and anchored Nickelodeon as the network's top-rated show from the years 1995 to 2001. Finally, they had an all-growed-up special. Do you remember that? Yeah. The all-growed-up special in 2001? I looked forward to that a lot. That remains to this day the highest-viewed series premiere in Nickelodeon history with 12 million viewers. Wow. I can vividly remember anticipating that event making sure I was in front of the TV for the start of that show because there were no DVRs and watching it. Yeah, And same. I can still even remember some of the episode. I saw the movie in theaters. Yeah, I did too. That's one of my next notes. It had uh, lots of feature films. It was rebooted in 2021 as a Paramount Plus original. Well, the dinosaur was called Rexar? Rexar? Huh? No, Reptar. 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 Yes. Rugrats gained over 20 awards including four daytime Emmys, and it has its own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Really? Hmm. One last note, which I thought was interesting, was do you remember some of the holiday-themed episodes? There was like a Jewish episode, uh, a Hanukkah episode. I remember the Halloween episode with like a haunted house and there were eyeballs in the plate and... Yeah, that doesn't help me for my note because my note is that Rugrats was noteworthy among contemporary children's TV for depicting observant, identifiable Jewish families. Hmm. Jewish, Christian, and Muslim religious groups that gave the show high praises for their special holiday episodes probably weren't referring to the Halloween one, though, when they did that. (laughs) No. (laughs) But that's a neat note. So who's your favorite Rugrat, and why is it Phil? Phil and Lil, I remember hating Phil and Lil's voice. drove me crazy. But my favorite of the Rugrats has got to be Chucky, I think. Nope. Well, you did ask me a, a subjective question. Well, we, so. we respect your wrong opinion. Okay. And it's okay to have wrong opinions. Apparently, your answer is Phil. Phil's the funniest one, for sure. Well, see, I also don't have that good of a recollection of the characters in the show. So I'm just going off my hazy, far back memory. I mean, I watched so many reruns of Rugrats as a kid. It was my favorite for a time. Man, you're really making me think, and I'm sure for many listeners too, I would get a kick out of taking an evening or two sometime soon and watching episodes from all these shows 
I bet it would bring back so many aha moments and like connect some pieces in my childhood and episodes I forgot all about. I did that a few years ago. And you'll find that like even with the theme songs, like the intro of the show, like you haven't thought about it in years and years, but as soon as it starts, it's like you can see the whole thing again. Just like, comes you right back. You already know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like getting on a big old pickle bicycle. Or that giant yellow frog is coming back <laughs> tonight when you're sleeping. If I don't see an episode of Gullah Gullah Island for 30 years, I'm never going to forget the, 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 the like half awake look on that frog's face. <laughs> that frog's coming to get you. <laughs> All right. So you just need number nine, seven, three, and one. Let's go for number nine. I do not think you're going to get number nine. All right. Let's cover it. I'll read the premise and you tell me if it reminds you. The series follows the main character, a teenage boy who, after an accident with an unpredictable portal between the human world and the ghost zone, becomes a human-ghost hybrid and takes on the task of saving his town and the world. No. Danny Phantom. Okay, well, the name is familiar, but I don't even know what Danny Phantom looks like, so... Yeah, I've never watched this even once. I might have heard the name before, but other than that, I... Same. Nothing I know about it. It ran from 2004 to 2007, which is before iCarly, which you did watch. Creator Butch Hartman was at a restaurant with the head of Nickelodeon. He tells Butch that the Fairly Odd Parents was going so well and asks him, what else do you have? Butch then says, well, I got this show called Danny Phantom. It's about a kid with ghost powers. And the Nickelodeon head tells Butch, can you have it done by March? And the rest is history. That's all they needed. A kid with ghost powers. It's funny how these shows and movies and things that, you know, have such a big influence on the world are born out of like simple conversations like that. And that was all it took. Joy Herman of Common Sense Media criticized the mature themes of Danny Phantom, saying that this cartoon can be funny and the characters are unique. But as is the case with so many contemporary cartoons, the rush to violence overshadows the good aspects of the series. Death threats, torture, knives, and violence against women are commonplace. Oh my god. There's no opportunity to work things out. Danny is either a coward or a hero. There's no in-between. Hey, we just talked about the power of nuance earlier. Maybe Danny Phantom could, could learn the meaning of that word and utilize it before he just jumps to whooping ass with his ghost powers. <laughs> and I guess beating women along the way. So He's so beating that... women and torturing and giving death threats with knives, according to this critic. Or he runs away and is scared. Like, I don't know how they close out an episode where he just runs away, but... There's no in-between, Buster. You heard it. That description makes it sound like a 22-minute episode, including commercials, that like three minutes in, Danny Phantom is kicking ass. Like, like Danny Phantom is like wearing a mask and breaking into homes and like terrorizing families. (laughs) Like, that's the episode. Uh, oh yeah and in the last 30 seconds of the episode he's a ghost and he saves the world the last five-ish minutes of every episode is him apologizing and making things right after just absolutely screwing people (laughs) over and ruining their lives after he like sexually assaults (laughs) a family and like ties them up and shit (laughs) yeah Uh, that's danny phantom number nine (laughs) there it is everybody go check it out i'm sure it's great Now, number seven is a show you might have watched. I did not. It has an anime style. And it blends it with American style of cartoons. Hmm. This is tickling something. You got any other hints and won't give it away? (laughs) It also had a feature-length film, like a live-action adaptation film. 
It's become a cult classic. It spawned comics, prequel, novel series, a live-action film, and an upcoming live-action remake series on Netflix. It's not Avatar, right? It is Avatar. It is? What? That's Nickelodeon? Avatar The Last Airbender is Nickelodeon. Oh my god. Okay, so I didn't think it was actually Avatar because I've had several friends vouch for it who watched the show recently and who love it so much that I just thought that that was a show made for adults. That it was not like a Nick. I, I wouldn't, th- wouldn't think it was a Nickelodeon channel show. Wow. Yeah, I think it appeals to kids and adults because I hear people also talk about this show today. And it only ran for three years between 2005 and 2008. But. Well, I mean, I guess that's true because Dragon Ball Z aired on a child's network, but is beloved by adults everywhere. So that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, last Air. Uh, Avatar The Last Air Bender number seven. It's set in a world in which some people can telekinetically manipulate one of the four elements. Earth, fire, air, or peanut butter. Oh, sorry, water. Uh, Through practices known as bending, inspired by Chinese martial arts. The only individual that can bend all four elements is the Avatar, and he is responsible for maintaining harmony among the world's four nations and serves as the bridge between the physical world and the spirit world. Series was a rating success and received widespread universal acclaim from audiences and critics alike for its characters, cultural references, art direction, soundtrack, humor, and themes. And on that last note, to some of the themes they touch on are rarely touched on in youth entertainment, including war, genocide, imperialism, indoctrination, and free choice. Hmm. It became a cult classic and had a large impact in the 2010s on how networks viewed animated programs. Subsequent children's shows would often blur the lines between youth and adult programming featuring more adult themes. Yeah, I feel like anime is really, I mean, anime just is skyrocketing in popularity by the month, it seems. But I do think that shows like this kickstarted that popularity because they did find that harmony between child's programming that's, you know, not too ridiculously adult, but also with themes deep enough that adult viewers can enjoy it. I've never personally seen Avatar. I've not seen a single second of it, but neither. Beloved. But number one on this list is also very popular with adults. Oh, yeah. Before you get to that, you still need number three. And I actually mentioned it in passing. You jogged my memory, a show that I absolutely adored and such a random show with a lot of cutaway jump scenes and that would be the fairly odd parents fairly odd parents is number three and it was a quality show it had two runs between 2001 and 2006 it was canceled and then brought back 2007 to 2012 the series follows the adventures of timmy turner a 10 year old boy with two fairy godparents named cosmo and wanda who grant him wishes to solve his everyday problems and he lived in dimsdale dimsdale his babysitter, what was her name? I don't know. Vicky. <laughs> you must not I be that big a fan. Must not. Fairly Odd Parents is Nickelodeon's second longest running animated series behind number one on this list. Upon its premiere, the Fairly Odd Parents was immediately popular and quickly became the second highest rated TV progr- uh, kids program among kids ages 2 to 12 on all of cable television. The Fairly Odd Parents also attracted a wide audience appealing to kids as well as to teens and adults, with over 10 million adult viewers per week. And it was the number one series on TV among tween audiences, age 9 to 14. Hmm. But, Buster, you might be thrilled to know that a live-action animated combo series came out on Paramount Plus in 2022, The Fairly Odd Parents, Fairly Odder. Hmm. 
Have you I seen have it? I've not seen it. No. Well, you better go watch it real fast, come back so you can have, give right. us some more Nick's notes. Right. So this episode that everyone's listening to, we've actually taken several multi-day breaks every few minutes. So I'm piecing this all together. So I can go watch the entire back catalog of every show after we've covered yeah, it. Exactly. Yep. Well, you just have number one left. And if you don't get it, I'm going to be really upset. So here we go. Number one, which I suspected from the start. And as I look down it. the whole list, it is my favorite of these 10 shows. SpongeBob SquarePants. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye. Captain. SpongeBob SquarePants, it is indeed number one. It's also the most interesting show I have. A lot of the interesting notes. <laughs> my, my mother hated this show because she thought SpongeBob was stupid. <laughs> SpongeBob <laughs> is a quality ass show. And even today, I would love watching it. I think about SpongeBob all the time. Yeah. Every time I drive with flip-flops on, you have to press with your to- my big toe to drive. <laughs> I think about when he's trying to pass his driver's test and his big toe squeezes itself out of his shoe and just barely <laughs> presses the gas pedal. Presses it down. And there's so many good memes and shit out of oh, SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. Timeless memes. Every now and then, I'll break, I'll just be at home alone and I'll just start to sing Krusty Cray Hey, 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 pizza. Pizza. It's the pizza, yeah, for you and me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. SpongeBob. It started in 1999 and it's still going. It chronicles the adventures of the title character and his aquatic friends in the fictional underwater city of Bikini Bottom. I'm glad we could clarify that the city is fictional. First of all, B- Bikini Bottom. Amazing name. Sandy Cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the whole thing is so good. Sandy Cheeks. <laughs> She's a squirrel from Texas who has to live in a biodome. Like, what? And that episode where they make fun of Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah, she gets pissed. It's like, little kids aren't going to relate to the Texas thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all the Texas jokes are for the adults watching, I think. Yeah. So many of the series ideas originated when the creator, Stephen Hill- Hillenberg, who was also a marine science educator, he taught his students about undersea life throughout the 80s and 90s with little characters. That became the SpongeBob show. Hmm. When he pitched it to Nickelodeon, they wanted SpongeBob to be a child in school, but Hillenberg preferred SpongeBob to be an adult character. He was prepared to walk out on Nickelodeon and abandon the series because he felt so strongly that SpongeBob be an adult. Wow. Finally, he compromised by creating Mrs. Puff in her boating school so that SpongeBob <laughs> could attend school as an adult. <laughs> Mrs. Puff. <laughs> Oh, Spongebob. Initially, Hillenberg wanted to use the name Spongeboy with no last name. The series would have been called Spongeboy Ahoy. Spongeboy Ahoy. That's cute, right? However, the Nickelodeon legal department discovered that the name Spongeboy was already in use for a mop product. (laughs) (laughs) Let me grab the Spongeboy, damn it. Spilled the milk again. (laughs) But they knew they needed Sponge in the name because otherwise people would think he was a block of cheese. Hmm. Buster, how many people would you guess it takes to put together to animate and produce a single episode of SpongeBob SquarePants? 47. 50. Well, 50 people exactly 
work together for an episode. So this show, just on the show itself, not to mention all the marketing and all the other things that SpongeBob is spawned into, but it, it gets 50 people paid, employed. Wow, at least. I mean, that's just to make yeah. one episode. By the end of 2001, so this is early on in the SpongeBob run, he boasted the highest ratings for any kids TV series on all of TV. And weekly viewership of the series had reached around 15 million, at least 5 million of whom were adults. Yeah, right? I mean, it's... Like, I kind of get adults watching Spongebob now with, like, streaming and YouTube clips and shit. But to think about adults, like, turning on Nickelodeon in real time and watching it as it aired... At 10 in the morning, you know, right. like... Yeah. <laughs> they had a long, stressful week. <laughs> and, and they set their alarm for 9.40 so that they can wake up and watch Spongebob on Saturdays. SpongeBob has won a variety of awards, including four Emmy Awards and 19 Kids' Choice Awards, because what other show is going to win a Nickelodeon Award? Uh, there's also been a Broadway musical based on the series, which opened in 2017 to critical acclaim. Man. The series has spawned several theatrical films and spinoff series, including the new Patrick Starr show on Paramount+. It has become the fifth longest running American animated series of any kind. And its high popularity has made it a media franchise. It is the highest rated series ever on Nickelodeon, as well as the most profitable property for Paramount consumer products. SpongeBob merchandise alone generates $13 billion annually in revenue. Oh my God. There's more money in SpongeBob merchandise than some small countries have in like their total <laughs> GDP. It's fucking insane. At all of their closed door meetings when they're trying to gather intel and think about what will we do to strategize for tomorrow's plan for this country. They just have pictures of SpongeBob around because that's who they aspire to be more like. And I love SpongeBob merch too because it works for kids and adults. Like a smiling, cheesy SpongeBob on a yeah. shirt works both for a kid and ironically for an adult. Or you can just get like a brown shirt with a large portrait picture of Squidward, throw that on. And I mean, I'd wear it. I feel like that's a perfect millennial shirt. This was interesting. Several species of organism have been named in reference to SpongeBob. In May 2011, a new species of mushroom was described after the series title character. It's called Spongiforma scorpansi. That's an actual name of a mushroom. That's funny. Wow. But not everyone loves SpongeBob. A lot of controversy. There was a whole section on Wikipedia for Spongebob controversy, but I only pulled one out due to time. Quick sidebar, but a lot of people had a problem with Spongebob because they assumed he's gay. Oh, really? Yeah. There's like all these religious groups and anti-gay groups that were like protesting Spongebob as a series and saying it shouldn't be aimed at kids because it's going to make them gay. Oh my God. Yeah, it's so fucking stupid. <sighs> okay. Spongebob's not gay, according to the creator. In fact, the creator said he's asexual <laughs> because, <laughs> because of course he is. Can you imagine SpongeBob having sex with anyone, male or female? When they do the adult-oriented <laughs> reprise show, then he'll have sex for the first time <laughs> on camera. A sea sponge probably has sex with itself. They probably self-replicate, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so... Although he did have a mom and dad. <laughs> okay. They were sponges, but they were like shriveled up because they're old. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. But in Kazakhstan, they're not Spongebob fans. In 2014, uh. the education minister of Kazakhstan deemed the show too violent for children, labeling the titular character as a self-absorbed hooligan, which is funny because he is self-absorbed. It's part of, the, part of the shtick. It's in the theme song. 
but they called him a self-absorbed hooligan who regularly inflicts violence on others in his community and seems to enjoy it. He's a sponge. My leg! <laughs> self-absorbed is part of the meta humor. God. Jesus Christ, can you not have I a know. sense of humor? I know. Well, it's Kazakhstan. They have, yeah, well, they've been is... in a bad place ever since Borat. Yeah, this is, this is the same country. It was taken down by Borat Sagadeep. <laughs> I mean... Uh. Well, that's it. We did it. For someone that was once a child and who watched Nickelodeon, you sure didn't do great. I didn't. No. I'll own it. When we mentioned the shows and I was able to jog my memory a little bit, a lot came back. But I'll be honest with you, I, I do not remember most episodes, plots, side characters. I just don't, I don't think I've gone back to those memories for a while, except for SpongeBob. SpongeBob and Hey Arnold, I think, are worth going back to watch. Any of these others from childhood, I have not seen since I was a kid. Well, we're going to go back through it now. The top 10 most popular Nickelodeon shows of all time, according to 200,000 votes on Ranker.com. Number 10 is Keenan and Kel. Number 9 is Danny Phantom. Serial. Yeah. <laughs> serial home invader. Yeah. Danny Phantom. Committing sexual crimes in the name of ghost superhero-ness. <laughs> Number eight is The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Number seven is Avatar, The Last Airbender. Number six is Hey Arnold. Number five is iCarly. Number four is Drake and Josh. Number three is The Fairly Odd Parents, which is a good name for a show. It's very good. It's very witty. Clever name. Number two is Rugrats. And number one is SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, everything about that show is so good. So good. Patrick? Yeah. <laughs> God. Is mayonnaise an instrument? <laughs> I mean... Whoever drove the white sedan, you left your lights on. Oh. <laughs> uh, All right. We could go on, but I'll yeah. stop. Um, we digress, listeners. We digress. Much like Nickelodeon and all of cable TV, we're going to take a break, but not for a commercial. We're going to instead read reviews from listeners just like you. Every week on this pod, I read reviews from listeners, and I'm going to start with one today from Nikki294 on Apple. Nikki294 on Apple says, Very funny and engaging. I dropped in to give it a quick listen, and beige, I knew it. I had listened to four episodes. Now, yes, I did say beige, as in the color beige. I'm going to assume Nikki294 meant before I knew it. I had listened to four episodes. Maybe not. Maybe Nikki did mean beige. I'm not sure. Maybe when she listened to Tennis Podcast, it made her feel colors. You know, some people say colors represent emotions. I'm going to say beige represents maybe, I don't know, indigestion or melancholy. I don't know. Maybe one of those. Either way, I'm glad you listen. I'm glad you beige. And I'm glad you listened to four episodes before you beiged it. I do appreciate you leaving a review though. One more here from Will Vicious Myrtle Beach. This is on Apple again. Heard you on Voices of Misery. Good show. Voices of Misery is of course a different podcast where they played a trailer for Tennis Podcast. That's how Will Vicious found us. Thanks for leaving that review. It means a lot. It's good to know those trailers on other pods can work sometimes and bring us new fresh meat like yourself. And I'd like to read and see and sniff all of your fresh meat out there. Leave us a review. Do it on Apple Podcasts. You can also go to Podchaser and the Good Pods app. 
rate us five stars, write a little review ski, and I'll read it on a future episode, no matter what it says. Now let's get back to the program. Let's talk Nickelodeon with Buster. This has been a fun trip down memory lane. Yes, even if not all my memories were intact. No. It's not the first time we've talked cartoons on this show, because I took a look back in the archives, and back on episode 47, me and Brandon talked about the top 10 90s cartoons, so Mm. Nickelodeon and otherwise. So folks can go back and look at that. But before we go, I want to encourage the fine folks at home to follow us on TikTok, at Tennis Pod on TikTok. I'll also put a link in the show notes. And you should do that because I actually post videos of the podcast on TikTok, which means you can actually see me and Buster on video, our faces talking to each other in clips that I post on TikTok. And I also post a lot of kitty videos there too. Yeah. So you're going to want to follow us at Tennis Pod on TikTok. You can come for the show, but you can stay for the kitties. That's right. So much good kitty content there. I'm just busting with kitty content. I got to space it out. I'm like strategically posting days apart all the kitty content I got. But also clips from the show. And butts. And butts. You should find a good old zoomed in cow and chicken butt and just post it with no description <laughs> a few days from now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a show you should go back and watch. It will jar you with how fucking crazy it is. I, I think I will sometime this week. You've definitely got me curious. Thanks for listening, everyone. Buster will be back in a few weeks, but next week. I'll have Brad back, Brad Choma from the Doomsday Podcast. He's been a favorite on some recent episodes. Not my favorite, to be clear. Buster, any final words for our listeners? No. Great. (laughs) Thank you. This has been so good. So good of you to bring your doctorly advice to the show. I don't know what you want me to say. You got to develop some sort of signature sign-off. No. We got to keep the people guessing. I can't become boring and stale like the host of the Tinnish Podcast, so... Sure, which according to you is you. Well, until you admit that, uh, I'm not gonna. Yeah, see. Okay. Now we're playing mind games. I'm playing 40 chess. I'm playing the long game. No, because the ultimate mind fuck is that I'm you. Well, you said Brad's coming on next time. Yeah. I'm Brad. <laughs> oh no. So. Oh no. What are we gonna do? <laughs> fuck. All right. He's Buster. I'm Nick. See you next week. Uh, bye.